Hello. Good morning. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and speaking to you again. And uh, I am a member of the church. I'm not, <laughs> if that sounded like I was a visitor. Um, yes. So my, my name is James. I'm married to uh, Becky, and I've got three kids uh, that come here. So it's, uh, it's lovely to, uh, to see you all. Um, today we are continuing our series through 2 Peter. Um, it's a, I believe it's our penultimate week on this series, um, and we'll be uh, finishing off next week. Um, and I'm not going to lie, today is quite a, an interesting passage, quite a difficult message, and I've been quite um, anxious in the run-up to this uh, preach, and, and you'll, you'll see why in a minute. But let me just, um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a warning for you. But, but let me just start by just saying, you know, God loves you. Jesus loves you, and especially on the, the back of Easter, um, I hope we all were encouraged um, about what Easter truly means. Me and Becky watched uh, The Passion of the Christ over Easter, and it, it, even though it's a bit of a harrowing and emotional watch, it's such a powerful reminder of what Jesus went through, and we can romanticise things, we can um, be a bit blasé about things, but actually when you, you sort of see that, it's like, whoa wow, that's what Jesus did for us. Um, that's incredible and incredibly humbling and comforting. Uh, we've got a lot to cover, so I'm going to crack straight into it. Um, so to Peter, um, we, it's estimated that it was written about 67 AD, so approximately 30 years after Jesus died and rose again. Peter, by this point, is an old man. And these books we've been looking at over the recent weeks are his sort of final account, his memoirs. Um, Peter, remember, is the, one of clo- Jesus' closest disciples. Um, he got out of the boat and walked on water with Jesus. Um, he gave a great sermon at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. He did many incredible things during the New Testament. And uh, he was also the one that was with Jesus and denied him three times during his trial and often active, acted impulsively. However, he was, he was a big character in the New Testament. So whatever he has to say to us, we better pay attention. Um, so like I said, I was a little bit anxious about this one and I've received a lot of encouraging messages in the run up to this, which I'm very thankful for. And thank you if you've given me one of those messages. The passage today is all about false teaching and false prophets and the damage they can cause within the church and within ourselves. It's not the easiest topic to cover on a Sunday morning, um, but I've been asking God a lot in the preparation for this, what do you want to say to us? It's a difficult subject, but it's an important subject. And the Bible clearly mentions false teaching in many different places throughout the Bible. And it's important we're aware of these things to keep ourselves and our churches in a healthy spiritual place and not start believing or doing strange things. I just want to, uh, this is actually something that Emily, Emily Holloway sent me this uh, yesterday, I think. Um, this isn't the passage we're looking at, but I just want to read it. It says in Matthew 28, verse 11, While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests whatever had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, realizing that Jesus was not lo- no longer in the tomb, uh, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say that his disciples came during the night and stole him away while, they, while we were sleeping. If this report gets to the governor, uh, we will satisfy him and keep 
all of us out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story is widely reported to this day. You know, even from the night that Jesus rose again, false stories and false uh, teaching has been spread to discredit and disclaim the truth of Jesus. False teaching is a threat throughout the church. It's not uh, specific to certain churches or certain locations in certain countries. It's a threat to, to all of us. And the Bible continually, continually warns us of that. Jesus warns that false teachers will come from outside the community of believers and hide their true intentions. Matthew 7 says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but if inwardly they are ferocious wolves. The Apostle Paul continually warns the churches that he served that if false teachers in amongst them were left unchecked, the results would be disastrous. And in today's passage, Peter tells us that false teachers can arise from within the church community as well, bringing doctrine that is destructive and harmful. Simply put, false teaching is not just a problem for other people or other churches and other places. It's a problem that we as all believers need to be wary of. So before I delve into the, uh, the passage, I want to just set a few sort of guidelines and a bit of context. So false teaching in this context is teaching which directly contradicts the teaching of the Bible or deliberately seeks to twist what the Bible says for its own ends. That's the most obvious. It can also be perfectly innocent or accidental um, in that loving, God-fearing Christians have lost their way, have gone, ast- uh, have gone off track uh, and are emphasising the wrong things. And this is a little bit more subtle. We need to be mindful of both these things. And I'll give examples of, of both these situations later on. Like I said, the, the false teaching is not a new problem. It was a problem in Jesus' time and it's a problem now. In fact, I would go as far to say that today there's probably never been as much false and misleading information around the world as there is And uh, two words come to mind, social media. You know, anyone on this planet can post any idea, any thought, any opinion, no matter how ludicrous. And if if it gets enough likes, you know, the like button, like, 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 uh, it it starts trending, it it starts um, gaining traction in in the digital world. Fake news is a term used often these days, often used by very, very powerful people, um, perhaps you know, Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin spring to mind, um, to sort of mislead millions of people through carefully orchestrated propaganda. Again, this is nothing new. It's been happening for centuries. It's been happening since Roman times. Uh, it's a very effective tool. And this morning, I'm not going to delve into the pros and cons of social media. Uh, we're looking at truth in the context of the Bible and Christianity. Although on that point, I would generally say less is more. Um, there are some very useful tools and applications out there, the, the Bible app, Data Verse of the Day, Let's Go 365, all which give very useful uh, points to bring scripture into our day. But there are a lot of grey areas which uh, I'm not familiar with, but I know they're out there, so I'll just be mindful of your contact with those areas. False teaching is often popular, um, just because someone attracts a big crowd or has a lot of followers or a lot of uh, Twitter followers or what have you doesn't necessarily mean it is godly or bears fruit. 
However, we, we do live in a struggle, don't we? Whether we, whether we know it or not, the, we've got the Bible, we've got God's kingdom and Jesus. However, there are things that oppose uh, Jesus, whether it's uh, Satan, the devil, demons, the powers of darkness, whatever you want to call them, there is this tension, this battle between the two. And those that are opposed to God are constantly trying to undermine, discredit, twist God's truth, and Jesus' teaching to something destructive. And one last point before we uh, read, read, read the passage. Um, I'm not talking about secondary issues of Christianity. Um, I'm sure amongst us there's lots of different church backgrounds, different denominations, different demographics, churches in different countries. They all do things slightly differently, which is absolutely fine, but we all believe the same core fundamental truths about Jesus, and that's okay. Uh, but it's the core beliefs that unite us across the world, and which is so wonderful. Um, so I'm going to we're going to look at the passage now. It's it's a, it's I'm covering a whole chapter, so I'm going to have to paraphrase and omit a couple of sections. But I do encourage you in your own time to to read the passage in full. So it says, uh, 2 Peter 2. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there were false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, their teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. For God did not spare them, that's the powers of darkness, when they sinned but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. He did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of unrighteous and seven others. He goes on to give several other Old Testament examples. But the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. But these people blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like unreasoning animals, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like animals, they will too perish. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They, they seduce the unstable, they are experts in greed. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping um, from those who live in error. They promise freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. Wow, some uh, tough words there, some uh, hard-hitting words. So bear in mind, at this time when it was written, Christianity was still very much in its early years. The number of believers was perhaps in the tens of thousands, and it was in amongst a world packed full of religions, gods, goddesses, Greek mythology, philosophies, and it was common at that time that you'd have traveling preachers, traveling philosophers who would go around town to town um, teaching people, whoever, whoever would listen, about ways to live your life, solve personal problems, and what was the meaning of life. Christianity was very much in danger of being drowned out in the noise of so many different worldviews or, or washed away, uh, a quick fad that lasted for a few years and then quickly uh, uh, disappeared, or Jesus just being... Uh, incorporated into the pantheon of Rome, Roman gods in the Roman world. And there were others who claimed to be doing things in the name of Jesus, but actually they were in it to make money. They were there to scam people. 
They were after some supernatural high. And perhaps this is the reason why Peter is so determined to warn us of the dangers of false teaching both then and now. So the passage opens with a stark warning. It says, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false prophets among you. They will secretly introduce the destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. The Bible refers to someone like this as a heretic. Uh, Heresies deny the core fundamental beliefs and doctrines of the Christian faith. It takes what God has said is true and outright denies it. It takes the teachings of Jesus and says, none of this is true, but actually I've got something better and more fulfilling instead. So what are some of the examples that, of heresies that we could find uh, out and about? It might say, Jesus wasn't son of God. He was, and he didn't rise from the dead. He was a prophet. Uh, he was a saint. He was a good man. He did wonderful things. And there's a, learn we, there's a lot we can learn from him, but he's certainly not the son of God. It might say, Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. Uh, it might say, the God we worship, Jesus Christ, is just... Just, um, just a God, and actually all gods are the same and all just have different names. It might say the Holy Spirit isn't around anymore. Uh, there's lots of miracles that happened in the time of Jesus. Well, that was great, but it's not around now. Or the other extreme, God only works in signs and wonders. And actually you need to have certain gifts or do certain things in your Christian life to be a true Christian. Or perhaps God isn't a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, the list goes on. There's many examples. These things are in direct contradiction to what the Bible says. And like I said, false teaching can also spring up from within a church. Um, it says that the, the, there will be false teachers among the church body, amongst the wider church. Um, you know, there's no denying that that, 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 that that does occur. It can be hidden amongst a truth, a lie wrapped in a truth. Um, false teachers never announce themselves as a false teacher. They often claim to be doing God's work or um, use scripture to back up their, their motives. And we might think um, false teaching is an external influence, but often it can, it can sometimes be someone who deliberately or accidentally has raised false teaching within. And you know, sadly, some people are in it for themselves. Um, they might be described as a charlatan. They see Christianity as a means to gain uh, personal uh, influence. Um, they see fellow believers as people to exploit or to inflate their own ego and enrich themselves. These people will take, take, take. Um, no matter how much they get, they always want more. They pretend to be caring shepherds, but actually they're there to drain others. Um, and we do hear sad cases in the news of people who have misled others, have exploited others, and perhaps you've come across um, someone at that point, or so you've come across someone in the past who like that. Um, and they, these people can often be char- characterised with hypocrisy, greed, slander, self-obsession, sexual immorality, or they could perhaps sped spread false hope among people that, you know, if you're a Christian, things will go well for you. You'll be rich. You'll have a nice car. You'll have a nice house. Uh, and if you, things haven't gone well, well, you're obviously lacking faith or your faith isn't in a good place because things have gone badly for you. 
You know, that is just simply not the case. Uh, that is not what Jesus preaches. Uh, 1 Timothy says, uh, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Um, and one other thing I want to say was, um, be wary if someone brings a totally new interpretation of the Bible that has just been revealed to them. You know, people have been studying the Bible and Scripture for thousands of years. They've dedicated their entire lives um, to unpick every sentence of the Bible. Um, if someone brings something completely new, it's more than likely false. Um, I want to give an example of this. Um, bear with me as I give these uh, examples. Um, there's an example of, the, of a man called Joseph Smith in the 1820s. Perhaps you might have heard of him. Looks a very dashing fellow in his, uh, in his cravat and waistcoat. Um, if you don't know who this person is, he is the founder of the Mormon Church, or also known as the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Now, I am not claiming to be an expert in Mormonism in any way, shape, or form. Um, but according to his account, Jesus Christ visited him in a vision and told him not to join any other church because every other church was wrong and full of heresies and corrupt. He said that no true believers existed until the Church of the Latter-day Saints was established. The revelations given to Joseph Smith were to restore the divine priesthood and make the church authentic again, a true source of salvation they also have some many other strange misconstrued ideas, um, such as every human, if you live a good life, can basically become an angel and ascend into the higher echelons of heaven, um, and many other beliefs, which I won't go into now. But yeah, like I said, be wary if someone brings an, a, a brand new interpretation, um, because it can go off into strange places. Moving on, um, sadly people are a massive issue too. There are far too many stories of people within the church who have been misled or deceived or uh, have abused their power. Like I said, people use scripture to justify terrible things. Um, I want to bring an example which um, is quite extreme, but I think it illustrates a good point. Uh, it's actually a quote from Adolf Hitler um, in his Right to Power in 1922. Um, let these words be a stark warning. Um, and I quote, um, I've not got this on the screen. He says, My feelings as a Christian points me to my Lord and Saviour as a fighter. He points me to the man Jesus, who once in loneliness, surrounded by just a few followers, recognised the Jews for what they were and summoned men to fight against them. God's truth, that is Jesus, was greatest, not as a sufferer, but as a fighter. In boundless love as a Christian and as a man, I read through the scriptures which tell me how God rose up in might and seized and drove them out of the temple, a brood of vipers. Today, after 2,000 years with deepest emotion, I recognize more profoundly than ever the fact that it was for this that he shed his blood uh, on the cross. 
end quote. Very difficult words to hear, and I'm sure it's uncomfortable hearing those words, and rightly so. Um, it's difficult when someone uses something we know and love to be true to justify terrible things. I also found out in my research that uh, on the uniforms of uh, Nazi soldiers, on their belt buckles, they had an engraving uh, which said, uh, Gott mit uns, which means God with us. Um, again, very, very chilling, very uncomfortable. Um, and this is a, a, a strange coincidence um, compared to a lie like that to a truth. Um, this morning in Treehouse, our children are downstairs learning about the armor of God, and they just so happen to be learning about the belt of truth. So I just thought that, that was such a, an interesting coincidence that's come together. Um, you know, our children are learning the truth of Jesus, whereas uh, other people uh, promote lies. Um, one other example from modern day, bringing this to, to, uh, to, to recent times. Uh, just in, this is a quote from just five weeks ago, uh, on the 8th of March. It is an extract about the, the Russian Orthodox Church um, justifying the war in Ukraine. It says, this is an extract from the Washington Post. Um, Russian Orthodox leader, Patriarch Kirill, uh, delivered a strong message justifying his country's invasion of the Ukraine, saying, the conflict is part of a struggle against sin and pressure from liberal foreigners. We have entered into a struggle that, has, that is not physical, but a spiritual significance. Rebels in the Donbass area and others have fundamentally rejected our values. They test our loyalty and freedoms through excessive consumption. It is a fight for the conservative ideals of the Russian Orthodox Church based in Moscow against an immoral outside world. End quote. Again, very, very difficult words to hear. And uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to point blame or I don't want to get too political, but it's, it's another example, isn't it, of false doctrine being twisted and manipulated. It's difficult. So... I hope those examples are okay. I was a little bit nervous about bringing those examples, but I think they are justified, and I think they are important to be aware of. Can I inject a bit of positivity at this point? <laughs> Sorry to lead us down that way, but I think it's important to, 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 to focus on that too. God is on our side. It says in the passage, the Lord knows how to rescue godly from trials and to hold, them right, hold the unrighteous for punishment. You know, God wants to heal, heal, sorry, shield us from harmful teaching and bring us under his protection. The passage also mentions Noah. Noah, a righteous man, and his family uh, were protected and saved in amongst uh, a lot of evil. And, uh, and, you know, faith is not designed to be, sorry, faith is designed to be worked out in a community. As we inter interact with other people, um, they generally rub away our slightly misconstrued ideas. Faith wasn't designed to be lived out in isolation. And I'm sure we all felt the, the effects of the COVID lockdowns, the isolation from others, friends and family. Um, I certainly felt it quite difficultly um, during the lockdowns of being dis disengaged from church. Um, even though I made a point to try and read a lot of scripture in that time, um, it, was, it was difficult and I felt myself being disconnected. Um, and it was only this time last year we were still meeting online, um, which seems crazy. And I hope and pray as a church we never lose that excitement and thrill of meeting together. 
don't believe everything that you hear, <laughs> even on a Sunday morning. Don't believe me without thinking about it, asking questions, weighing it up. Uh, we'd all encourage you to find out more for yourself. If you hear something or read something in a book or online that you don't agree with or don't understand, consult scripture, see what the rest of the Bible says about this. Does it back it up? Is there plenty of evidence that supports the same views? Ask people in your life group or community group um, what they think. Uh, 1 John 4 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I also said some churches may have accidentally gone astray. Um, someone I know very well uh, who will remain nameless and the church will remain nameless. Um, I've had many conversations with this person in recent months. Um, I will say it's a Church of England church. Uh, they had a new vicar a couple of years ago because the old one retired. And the whole emphasis of the church has changed. They have sermons on a Sunday purely dedicated to things like social justice, global warming, eco-friendly church buildings, housing projects for the poor. All entirely good things, don't get me wrong, but they've started omitting Jesus. Their prayer meetings have become more like committee meetings where no one really prays. They're good, honest people who want to serve and do good and love Jesus, but slowly but surely, they have started emphasizing the wrong things. And Jesus is playing a smaller and smaller role in that church. And people are becoming dissatisfied. People are leaving that church. People are falling away from faith. Um, no one has done anything bad. They've just been led astray or they've emphasized the wrong things. Um, you know, all we have to preach is Jesus and the good news. Um, if we don't preach anything else other than that, there's no point in being here. We preach that Jesus died and rose on a cross to save our sins, to give us the free gift of grace um, so we can have salvation. You know, if we don't shout about that, we have nothing. We're just a group who wants to do good things in the community. It's Jesus that unites us. Jesus, that is the hope and salvation of the world. And yes, we want to do good things and serve and bless others and serve our community, but we do it because Jesus is our guide and Jesus is, is our example. And I just want to spend the last few minutes looking at what, what false teaching is and what truth is in the comparison. So firstly, truth never changes, whereas false teaching often reflects the desires of the day. Truth is always relevant. It applies today, it applied in Jesus' time, it will apply in the future. Because it is connected to God's changeless character, and like I said, think about the, the centuries, the millennium that people have studied the Bible diligently, considered, uh, spent their whole lives dedicated to it. The Bible has withstood the test of time because it is God's word and you can trust it. Truth gains pre uh, strength under pressure whereas false teaching crumbles under pressure. I'd be willing to bet that most believers would agree that uh, under persecution and in times of trouble, the scriptures and the teachings of Jesus gain even more significance. Um, and still today, there's many areas of persecution throughout the world. According to um, Open Doors um, organization, 5,800 Christians were murdered last year because of their faith, but yet the church continues to grow. Alternatively, many other worldviews crumble under pressure. They, you know, they sound okay in principle, um, but when life gets hard, 
or you're grieving a loved one or going through very difficult times, they come into sharp focus and people start to question uh, what is the true meaning of life um, in those difficult times, in those life and death situations. Um, everything comes into sharp focus. Uh, truth appeals to our best characteristics, whereas false teaching often um, appeals to our worst. In the light of Jesus, we repent of our former selves and become born again. Uh, a new person filled with God's love and presence. It changes our hearts and fills us with the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Often false teaching appeals to our worst characteristics. It promotes freedom instead of self-control. It promotes pleasure rather than obedience. It, it promotes uh, comfort instead of commitment. Instant gratification rather than faith. And beware of false teaching promises freedom without, uh, without any consequences to your actions. Or riches and prosperity instead of thanking God for what he's given us and using it to serve and bless others. You can always tell uh, the fruit. You know, if, if, if something produces good fruit in line with God's teaching, um, it's more than likely um, truth. It's, it's, it's good. Uh, whereas false teaching will produce bad fruit. Um, truth sets us free. Jesus himself says he's, he is the way the truth and the life. If you hold on to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He is the source of truth, our perfect and highest standard of what is right. He frees us from the consequences from uh, sin and self-deception. He shows us clearly the way to eternal life with God. Jesus not, does not give us freedom to do entirely uh, what we want without consequence, but he gives us the freedom to follow God and the benefits of that and grace and salvation. As we seek to serve God, Jesus' perfect truth frees us for all that God intended us to be. I am coming to an end. <laughs> uh, truth challenges to submit to God. Jesus says he is the only way to heaven. Uh, some people may argue this is, this is too narrow. Um, in reality, it's, it's wide enough for, for, for the whole world to access. Um, and it's hard, sometimes it's a hard, uh, hard gift to accept and people are bad at accepting good things. And that's the free gift of grace, isn't it? Instead of worrying or being annoyed about the lack of options, let's thank God and Jesus for what he's done for us and the truth that he brings. False teaching often says you can do it without God. You don't need God. If you, you're good enough, you can just do it. You earn it. You deserve it. But the truth is we're not good enough, are we? We need Jesus. We need a savior in our lives. And lastly, uh, truth matches the teachings of Jesus and truth is found in Jesus. Uh, as God's son, Jesus has God's power and authority. His word should be our final authority, our benchmark of way we weigh up every other source of information and opinion. Jesus is our path to the Father. He is, he is the truth. He is the reality of all God's promises in our life, both now and forever. So I just want to, just last minute, I promise, <laughs> I've had a lot to cover, um, but you, 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 can't be a, you can't be a halfway Christian. You've got to take on the full, the full person of Jesus Christ, his full teachings. You can't 
uh, focus on the good things and admit the things you don't like. You know, I would really urge you, if you are in that place where you're like, I don't know what to believe, like there's so many different worldviews, so many different religions, like is, is Jesus the way? Or is, it, is, it, is there another way? Um, you know, there's a lot of different information out there. You know, I, I would encourage you to, to look into it, to look into it for yourselves, to ask Jesus, Jesus, if you are real, then show yourself to me. You know, I'll, I'll come to you, you come to me too. And if you're real, then um, speak to me, Lord come into my life I'm a, I'm a Christian because it is the only thing that makes sense to me I'd like to think I've done a lot of, lot of reading, a lot of um, looking into other opinions and other uh, subjects Jesus is the only thing that makes sense to me and leads me to life and not to death you know the, the historical evidence of Jesus is insurmountable um, that's why people, no one denies that Jesus didn't exist. They deny things he did or the after effects of Jesus. So I'd encourage you all, young or old, uh, new believer or old believer, to ask questions of God. Seek him. Um, Jesus said, never, he never said, follow me, but don't ask questions. He never said, do what I say, but don't ask me why. Um, let's, let's delve into scripture. Let's, let's seek him and him alone. So I just want to finish closing in prayer. Um, sorry that I overran a little bit, but uh, you know it's an important subject, and it's a subject we don't touch upon very often. But it's it's good to it's good to weigh these things up. Uh, Emily, are you going to come back up as well? Lord God, thank you for the truth that is found in your Scripture, Lord. Lord, in the in the face of all this other information, all this other uh, contradictory contradictory teaching Lord uh, Lord we come to you and we say Lord thank you thank you for what you've done, thank you for your word thank you for your word has been around for through the ages and continues to speak to us it is alive and active and it is so relevant today Lord Lord you are you're big enough and you are uh, trustworthy and you are um, worthy to put our trust and our hope in, in this life Lord Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your teaching. We focus on you, Jesus. Speak to us this morning. Amen.